Good morning. We still have two minutes of morning. <laughs> are you are you uh, relaxed? Do you enjoy Sabbath? Yeah. I hope you do. Because in the world there's lots of troubles and turmoil. How many of you follow politics? Let's see. Politics. What's happening now? Okay. Not that many. It's very sad what's happening that uh, when they had the election a few years ago, they said, oh, I just wait to get over. Maybe we will stop arguing. But it looks like we get more divided and more. And the sad part is it's very pathetic about what they talk. You know, this week they talk about all this. And uh, they don't get to important things. You know, for example, I, I mean, I, for me, I'm not into politics. I, I mean, I don't participate. Because, you know, they say you have to, ele- to choose between two lesser evils. But the Bible says us to abstain from all, for, I mean, any form of evil. <laughs> so why should I? Uh, and uh, what we know from uh, prophecy, we know that... Uh, the politician will be being united with the church, will bring the last final crisis. Uh, there was, a, you know, they said it's very crucial what will happen with the Supreme Court. They said it's now kind of half and half, four and four. And uh, they were, were supposed to elect a new uh, judge, a new uh, justice. And uh, they were just bringing all this story about who knows what, but they were not asking the more important question about, hey, the freedom in America and constitution. Of course, he's opposed by many so-called liberals and progressive, and they think that he's a constitutionalist. A constitutionalist. But uh, the sad part is I don't think he is. If you look at his track record... He was in the Bush administration and worked behind the le- drawing the legislation for what it became, what you call the Patriot Act. And basically that Patriot Act, it kind of neglected almost all the Constitution. So he, uh, he drew the, and he was behind uh, warrantless ta- uh, tapping you know what it means, that, you know, they will listen to you without a judge giving them the authority to do that. That's, you know, some time ago was considered a constitutional right. And so not many and not anybody asked those important questions. Hey, where is this stand in the Constitution? And the sad part is uh, the mass media as long as they want to attack him, they don't bring these things up. But we know uh, from history and prophecy that uh, things are kind of going toward that direction where the prophecy is. And uh, we should tell the people what we know and uh, be prepared for that crisis. But uh, this week also I had a, a big milestone in my life. I just celebrated my 50th birthday, half a century. (laughs) 
It doesn't feel that bad. <laughs> uh, I, I, I was a little bit sick a few days before, but uh, it was just... Actually, I don't know if it's a sickness when you have... Some people said we should change our point of view. It was maybe like a full clean-out. <laughs> For a few days I had fever and transpiration and I felt powerless, but uh, I think my body had tried to get something out. And my friend that works with me asked me, did you take something for? <laughs> he knows my, I'm that, that I'm more of natural remedy. I said, yeah, I did, I did take something. <laughs> Say, what did you take? Oh, I said, oh, I went to the store and I bought me some oranges and grapefruit and I ate those. <laughs> and he looked like me, even that he knows I'm that. That uh, I'm. Uh, I know it's a mindset that I addressed the last sermon and today I'll talk about it. Uh, about when you are sick, you have to get a medicine to get well. But uh, in our last sermon, we saw that drugs don't cure. And second, it's a principle when you are sick, don't do any harm to you, but help God through what he gave us in order to get healed. And uh, I know it's a very hard because, you know, this mindset, it's, you know, it's, it's very well established around us. And, uh, you know, uh, but even many people are waking up. And they said, hey, you know, you go to the doctor, just take this pill. I want to go to the doctor to get healed and not stay with the disease and just maybe. But, uh, you know, uh, there's lots of money involved in that. I just looked the other day at a, a doc. I mean, uh, something it showed the amount of money they pump into, you know, trying to convince you you need that if you are sick. Otherwise, you will not function. And uh, they said that from the money they put on the market in trying to convince you about, you know, what they sell, uh, is just a small portion, maybe one quarter of the money, because they say the other three quarters of the money goes through targeting doctors and basically convincing them. And that's, that's why in almost in all the commercial, it gets you consult your doctor, consult your doctor, because they know they have their doctors almost in their pocket. And uh, we have a different message, I think. And uh, I'll try to talk about, as I said last time, about the very important uh, subject of, you know, when you get sick, about prayer and what we can do so God will answer our prayer. And if, uh, if we approach that, situation, I think, wise, we will have answers to our prayers, and God will be able to help us. Actually, our uh, <coughs> memory text, <laughs> Pete was saying, I don't know what this verse about. I said, just go ahead and read it. <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's a good illustration about what's happening to us. Uh, Psalm 107, verses 17 to 20. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their souls abhorred all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, 
and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. You know, the Bible, uh, it's, a, it's a book that it's very honest. <laughs> and many will be offended. I say, oh, you know, why should? It calls us fools. But, uh, I'll say these kind of fools are the wise fools. You know, there are two kinds of fools in the Bible. There is the fool fools and there are the wise fools. Those are the wise fools because, you know, when they get into trouble, they seek results from God, and uh, they, the Lord is merciful and help them. And uh, if we are honest with God, you know, we are in that situation of being fools. We, uh, we don't know. I mean, sometimes we do know about much of, I mean, almost all the suffering we bring it upon ourselves because we go against God's and then we suffer, and hopefully when we get into this, uh, we will seek the Lord and he will help us. And uh, actually, you know, if you know in the Bible, Christ had called his disciple uh, when he was meeting with those two at the, uh, uh, in Luke, he's described that, uh, that they were talking about the crucifixion and that their hope were belonged. Uh, Christ called them fools in Matthew twenty four twenty five, because they were slow to believe what the prophet had said. Matthew twenty four twenty five, and uh, is you know the incident on those uh, on route to Emmaus. Christ told them, "All fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophet had spoken." Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? But I think back then they were the good old days. <laughs> they were not offended to be called fools. If you tell somebody like that these days, you are in big troubles most of the time. And uh, we are in a time when people don't, they are very sensitive about you know, uh, accepting that maybe they have the wrong views and correcting their wrong ideas. We live in a snowflake generation, as they call it. And uh, when you challenge people's idea, they get very much offended. And uh, But here, I think the disciples know, and actually uh, they were very happy because Christ had opened their understanding about that what happened to Jerusalem was not an accident, but what happened, what God had told that will happen. And uh, also Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, he talks here about a good attitude of somebody. 318. Uh Let no man deceive it himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he might be wise. So you become a fool to be wise. <laughs> How does it go? It's a person that knows his limitation and uh, trusted in God. That's what I think Paul tried to tell us. We should uh, 
not be uh, be offended when the Lord says that you know we bring we are full we bring diseases upon us and and uh, but that's what uh, if you look at and we looked last time in my sermon about that uh, many of the diseases we uh, we bring it upon ourselves because of the wrong habits and when we get sick. The solution is to stop doing those things that make us sick and try to do the right things. I think that should be our approach when we get sick. And of course, prayer has their it has its own place there. And uh, I think we have to be very careful how we approach prayer. Uh, you know, uh, when Ellen White... I did not bring that, but uh, was called to pray for healing. She was very cautious. Not only that, in one instance, she will pray if she would pray for that person healing. And many times, I mean, I think she learned from the story because people will come and say, hey, of course, she's a prophet. If she prays, God will be more ready to answer her, you know, prayers. Of course, it's a wrong concept, you know. Uh, God is not a respecter of uh, uh, persons. And, uh, but she was called many times to pray for certain people. And when those people, when Ellen J. White prayed for, sometime in the vision at night, the Lord had shown her that the person actually brought disease by having some certain bad habits. And in a way, they understood, you know, if you don't repent and give up those bad habits, you know, uh, I think it's presumption to go to God to be healed. And actually, in her writing, many times she said that many times we pray, it's simple presumption. And uh, I will explain you why. You do wrong things and you bring sickness upon you. You don't go to God to acknowledge that maybe or you don't investigate. And, uh, and then you expect God to heal you. I think it's a little bit. Uh, and not only that, we have lots of light to tell us about that. You know, when uh, we Adventists had understanding about the medical ministry, and that's, it's a very important, actually, it goes hand in hand with the three angels' messages. And actually, it's sad part that it's been separated. But, you know, the third angel message goes hand in hand with the hell message. And actually, it's, uh, it's one of the more efficient way because, you know, when people are sick, they're more open to the truth. And if you help them heal, they will accept that, uh, our message about health. And uh, so when Ellen J. White was called to pray for healing, after that she was very cautious and she refused to pray for persons that she did not know. And uh, if she would have known that those persons are trying to live to the uh, light of the hell message, then she will pray. But if those persons, she will refuse to pray because 
the Lord had shown her that, you know, it might be just presumption to pray for healing. But let's, let's look at uh, some of those principles and how we will learn about those. Let's look at one of the promises God made to uh, Israel in Exodus 15, 24. And uh, Exodus 15 and verse 24. Actually, it's verse 26, I'm sorry. Uh, and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, and do, and do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep some of his statutes, Some, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I just want to see if you follow up. All his statues, I will put, I will not put some of these diseases. <laughs> yes, so if you don't do all, if you obey all, you will not have any of those diseases. Uh, I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptian, for I am the Lord that healed thee. Here is God's promise to Israel. And I'll just let, do you think that promise applies to us? Yeah, of course, it applies to us. If we obey all his statutes, and we have lots of light about health, the sad part is we disregard them. And uh, or if we do, uh, we have our faults, and uh, sometimes we fall. And uh, I think we should learn the lesson and uh, and obey all of God's commandments and uh, statutes. And then God will fulfill His part of the of, and He will keep us in good shape and healthy. And um, also, there is another principle. In Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have said before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. So, you know, God is very wise. He make, lets us choose what we want. And God says, you know, choose life so you'll have life. But as our uh, Bible reading in Psalm 107 says that, we are fools and sometimes uh, choose by, by fault, not necessarily open, things that uh, bring upon us uh, transgression and, uh, I mean, bring upon us sickness and uh, 
But when we we do uh, and it happens that we get sick, I think that's the time when it's a wake-up call. And then we should seek the Lord, as the Bible says. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. He sent his word. That's what the Bible says. What do you think it means? God said something that is, uh, you know, uh, will bring them healing, or he gives them in instruction about how to get healed. What do you think is the meaning? It, means, it might mean both. It might take. Uh, he sent his, he gave them instruction. And actually what we know is, is this, you know, when the Adventists were working to open sanatoriums and rich people and teach them about, there were some people said, hey, why should we open this and go through all this headache? We should just pray for people. Actually, that's what uh, Ellen White in many of her writings say, that people will say, hey, you know, we should just do like Jesus did and uh, we'll pray for people and they'll get healed. But Ellen White says that, you know, uh, part of the healing process is learning about how to stay healthy. And, uh, you know, when you learn about what brings uh, disease upon you, uh, you know, uh, it's a good idea. You know, you should stay out of that disease. That means to stop doing what causes that disease. And actually, that's what uh, prayer is supposed to be. First, we have to see what caused the, the problem, and we have to confess our wrongs. Of course, not necessarily public, but we have to confess our, and uh, we admit we brought it upon ourselves, and then plead for God to help us repent. That's, uh, you know, the spirit. That means stop doing those things, and then start doing the right thing. And then trust in his mercy that he will help you in the process. And when once you get there, stay away from that and don't do those things so you will not. Actually, if you remember, you know, when after Christ healed that person that was sick for 30 years, Christ had told him, sin no more so nothing worse will come upon you. So Christ had presented there, you know, um, once you get healed, stop doing something that might bring something else into you. But uh, I like to look here, not to give my own opinion, to uh, what the prophet had told us. Because if I just gave my own opinion, I might be faulty. But here is uh, God's counsel. I'll just have a few passages that will give us, I think, certain principles and about how we can prepare the way so God can answer our prayers for healing. Um, from the Minister of Healings, book, uh, page 227 and 228, and uh, the prophet says, it is labor lost to teach people to look to God as a healer of their infirmities unless they are taught also to lay aside unhelpful practices. 
in order to receive his blessing in answer to prayer, they must cease to do evil and learn to do well. Their surroundings must be sanitary, their habits of life correct. They must live in harmony with the law of God, both natural and spiritual. To those who desire prayer for their restoration to health, it should be made plain that the violation of God's law, either natural or spiritual, is sin. And that in order for them to receive blessing, sin must be confessed and forsaken. So here are the steps. Sin must be confessed and forsaken. And then uh, God will help us and he will send us his blessing. And here Ellen White says, God's law, either natural or spiritual. It talks about natural, physical law, and then the spiritual. So here are the, you know, uh, I think for us to get an answer, we have to see and confess that we brought it upon us. And, uh, and then the Lord will help us. The next one, the next uh, uh, quote is from uh, about praying for the sick. And here are a few others. In praying for the sick, it is essential to have faith, for it is in accordance with the word of God. The effectual fervent prayer of righteous men availeth much. John 5:16. So we cannot discard praying for the sick, and we should feel very sad if we could not have the privilege of approaching God to lay before him our, all our weaknesses and our infirmities, to tell the compassionate Savior all about these things, believing that he hears our petitions. Sometimes answers to our prayers come immediately. Sometimes we have to wait patiently and continue earnestly to plead for the things that we need. This waiting does not mean that because we ask the Lord to heal, there is nothing for us to do. On the contrary, we are to make the very best use of the means which the Lord in his goodness has provided for us in our necessities. I have seen so much of caring matters to extreme in praying for the sick that I have felt that this part of our experience requires much solid, sanctified thinking, lest we shall make movements that we might, we might call faith, but which are really nothing less than presumptions. Persons worn down with affliction need to be counseled wisely that they might move discreetly. And while they place themselves before God to be prayed for, that they might be healed, they are not to take the position that matters of restoration to health in accordance with nature's law are to be neglected. This is from Councils on, on Health. So basically, uh, when we get sick, we should pray the Lord 
And we should also do all in our power using the, his advice about what we should, uh, we should use for us to restore and working with God's work of healing. Here is a, a question that she was asked one time. Many have inquired of me what course shall I take to preserve my health? Three medical advice, I think directly from God. Are you ready? My answer is, cease to transgress the laws of your being. Cease to gratify a depraved appetite. Eat simple food. Dress healthy, healthfully, which will require modest simplicity. Work healthfully. And you will not be sick. Here is, I think, at the top of the list. Stop eating those food that taste good but make you sick. And uh, I think this is uh, one of our, I would call sin, that we still indulge things that we know are not healthy and we still have them. May the Lord help us to reform and change that. And... Uh, Actually, you know, one of the things she said, it's nine out of ten causes, it's what we eat, 90%. And actually now, there's so much hair, I mean, so much light, if you use uh, a good discretion about studying, that, you know, most of the disease, diabetes, heart problems, uh, cancer, are related to the lifestyle and more especially to the food. And if we expect to be healed, we have to stop doing harmful things and start doing the right things. I had a friend of mine, he told me, oh, you know, I had a stomach, uh, how do you call that, uh, in the, a tumor. And he said, what did you do? Oh, you know, I started juicing. I did the research and I juice, I eat carrots and beef juice and that and that. And how is Oh, I feel good, good, good. Say, how do you get to that? Oh, you know, I'm a boiler guy. I know something. <laughs> when you have in the boilers those acids and, uh, you know, all the bad stuff, they rust. <laughs> so when you eat junk food and you get all the acidic food, it's, you will rust. So I become more and I'm trying to keep my body balanced and have it a little bit alkaline. In that way, it's a better medium. And I said, uh, you feel better? Oh, yeah, I feel good nowadays. And uh, I said, uh, good for you? I said, uh, it's, uh, it's a good approach. And uh, there are so many other stories. I know one time I met, actually, I was visiting uh, somebody from here. I, I mean, it's not. And they, uh, one of the person was, had a testimony about healing uh, cancer. And they said, the doctor gave up on me and all that. And uh, they invited me. They had a conference call when they will kind of uh, tell her experience. I mean, his experience was a gentleman. And I remember I wanted to see what he had to say. And I said, oh, you know, uh, when I see that the doctor had no hope for me, I start doing the research. And then uh, I looked into and I saw there that sugar and uh, all the bad stuff feeds cancer. And then I said, okay, no more chocolate, no more ice cream. 
That's the person they, during the testimony said. And he said it took a struggle for a while, but after that uh, was good, and now she enjoys uh, good health and uh, goes around telling people her story. And I think uh, we can be part of that if we will just obey what God told us. One of the other things that is very important for good health, and I think that's where we necessarily need God, is to have a good spirit. Actually, the Bible in Proverbs 15, verse 13, it talks about uh, a merry heart. You might know the verse. It, uh, it's very important to be uh, have the right spirit and a cheerful and... Uh, Proverbs 15, verse 13. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. You know, uh, our mental health also is very important for our physical health. And uh, of course, Ellen White also says that about 9 out of 10 causes of problem is sometimes we buy me something mental. And I will say here, uh, as the, the Bible verse says, it's uh, a merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. And uh, for that, I think it's something that has to do with our spirituality and understanding the good news of the gospel. We, uh, I met people saying, you know, and when I talk, I just ask them, what do you think about eternal life? Oh, yeah, it's possible. But, uh, but you know, I'm such a big sinner. <laughs> and I say, what's the problem? <laughs> and they say, yeah, you know, how can I get into heaven? I say, you know, you don't know the gospel? It's, you know, you're in a lost condition. You need a Savior. And uh, we know that there are two false ideas that, you know, in the world about people wanting to go to heaven. One is people that want to go to heaven with their sin and not forsake their sin. And the second, which one is? Let's, let me see. I, it's a kind of a quiz. What's the other group of people? I'll tell you. They want to go to heaven because of their merits. So those basically are two false ideas that you will meet almost all religion. They want to get to heaven because of what they do. And you will find those monks and those people that pray, you know, five hours a day and all that. Uh, the sad news is, you know, neither one will get you to heaven. It's what Jesus did. And that's why it's very important to understand our message, especially the 1888 message. And uh, I know we now put lots of emphasis on overcoming sin. The only thing is we might focus the attention to ourselves and our performance instead of looking at Jesus and what he can do in us and through us if we will just understand what he came to do and what he did. And I'm afraid that we don't really understand that clear the, the message of righteousness by faith. Because from the beginning to the end, it's Christ's righteousness imputed, imparted to you, and basically transforming you and his power helping you. 
And all this is by faith and what you believe. And I'm afraid I, I met even pastor, I realize they don't really understand the message of righteousness by faith. Because they will do, if they will do, you know, they will have a different understanding and a different countenance and, uh, you know, different preaching. Actually, I was talking with a pastor in Romania, and he said, oh, you know, we talked something about reformation and that. And he told me, oh, you know, we tend to exalt Luther and make of him almost like a saint, when I think he wasn't that good. And uh, I said, oh, okay, tell me. I mean, for me, I'm one that I admire Luther, and I like him, and I think Ellen White also described him very clearly. He said, oh, you know, he, uh, and of course, in his reasoning, I kind of, I see that he started with, you know, when Luther started the Reformation, there was attack about him, and now I think the history is re- Written, They don't present the truth about Luther. Oh, you know, they said, oh, was not, you know, they don't put there that the main cause of separation was theology and the, the Bible and the truth. They said, oh, he just want to have power. He was a drunk drinking beer and just didn't like because Vatican had the power. And it's so far from the truth. And so this pastor said, you know, uh, Luther was drinking around beer, and we know when you drink beer, your uh, mind is not so clear, you, you don't understand. First, that's a lie. I mean, in the beginning, Luther was drinking beer, but afterward, he stopped drinking beer. Uh, some people that really know history and him said, yeah, in the beginning, it was like that. But I know they attack him in that way. And second, of course, he came from the dark ages. And uh, he could not get to all the line. But I'm looking at his faith, and that's where we should look. And look at him when, you know, kings and emperors were afraid to stand up to the Pope. He was able to stand and say, you know, I won't obey you if you don't convince me I'm wrong, basically, he said. And not only that, when the most powerful kings of Germany that accept the Reformation, said, let's form a league and let's go and fight. Luther said, no, I don't want one drop of blood to be shed. And he said, the work is God's and he will protect it. And basically, when you look at that, wow, that's faith. I said, and not only that, it showed God intervened and Luther died a natural death and the Reformation kind of had peace and kind of prosper in Germany for a while. Of course, then they got, they departed from that, they start fighting and all that. Not necessarily that would have been something wrong for them to defend themselves, but Luther was a man of faith and had faith that God can prevent and he would fight if necessary. So I'll say Martin Luther was a man of faith. And not only that, you know, uh, he was ready to die. He was not afraid. He said, if he needs, if my, he was ready to die. So Martin Luther had an understanding, I think, a little bit of the righteousness of, by faith. And I think that's what we have to understand is because, you know, uh, what Christ did and he does, if we will just accept and be in him, then we will have the right spirit and we will not be troubled about our failures. I mean, Sometimes the failures might be a good thing because it shows our need of Jesus and hopefully will help us to get more to him. 
if you just go and uh, you don't stumble, you might be powerful and think, oh, you achieved it, and then your fall will be very great. Actually, in praying for the healing, one of the obstacles might be our pride. But not necessarily because we are proud, but because if God answers our prayer, we might be puffed up and we think, oh, God answered our prayer because we are good and then we will be puffed up. So sometimes God might withhold that because we are in danger. So we should pray for God to heal, but we should let him decide if it's for the best. And basically, uh, we have to see that, you know, God knows what's for our best, and we should trust in him. And when you understand uh, the message of righteousness by faith, I think your spirit will be at peace because uh, Christ has the power to keep you. Actually, uh, uh, it's, it's the beauty of the gospel and actually, Jude sums that are pretty good and nice. Uh, the first chapters, uh, the I mean the, the the last two verses in the in the epistle of Jude, it says, "Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory, with with exceeding joy." To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. So he's the one that can keep us from falling. He can give us power and victory over everything. He can help us to uh, reform our bad habits that makes us sick. And then present those principles to other people. And then we can petition God in prayer for healing. I think we have to be wise and, of course, apply this principle in our life so we can reach people because uh, the three angels' messages with the hell message goes hand in hand. And we know that we are close to the end time. People are more hard to talk with and reason with them, but uh, I think, uh, you know, when people suffer and you help them, uh, and for me, I, I mentioned, uh, I met many people that will listen to me. Not everyone will kind of be convinced of what I say. But, you know, if you, our message makes sense. You know, it's, it's not rocket science. You have to see what causes the disease and eliminate it. And we have the possibility of showing now uh, we should look and read and be ready. Hey, look here, this book, this book, and that, and help people to get healthy. And we know we are close to the end time because, you know, the politics are there. I heard the uh, advertisement saying it's a Christian duty to go and vote. <laughs> For me, I, I'm not voting. I kind of I heard first time it's a Christian duty. Where did he get this idea from? But I know it's, uh, you know, those uh, people that want the power and they think they can do good when they get the power, those so-called Christians. And uh, we know we are close there. I heard sermons about people praying for leaders, but make sure you put the right leaders there. And we know what will happen will be those right leaders. And uh, now the things are more stirred up. And uh, 
I think we are close to the end because, you know, the world goes more and more downhill. May the Lord help us to be in good health. I think the condition is to obey all of God's instruction, and uh, we should be more careful. I know one of the obstacles in doing that is because the message of the importance of obeying very strictly God's message kind of kept God from answering our prayer. That's my really. I know when you talk with people, say, oh, you know, I eat healthy. I eat healthy. But if I say, let me see your what you eat. You know, I, I'm not doing that bit. But I say, let's look down. Let's see what do you eat. And, uh, and then you will see, hey, you know, I, we are fooling ourselves. I know I talked with my mother-in-law one day. She was kind of saying, oh, you know, every month from my pension, I have to pay that much money. And uh, I kind of I say, why don't you try something that might even work? Like say, like what? Just eat more plain food and more healthy, simple food, salad. Oh, but I ate like that all my life. <laughs> and I know it's not true. Uh, but, you know, what can you tell people? May the Lord help us to be in good health. For that, we have to do the healthy things and eat the healthy stuff. I will say, let's start by stopping eating the things that make us sick. May the Lord help us because I think that's the only way that God can honor our prayer. And uh, otherwise, we might be in danger of presumption. Amen. In closing, I chose a hymn. I hope uh, if we don't know it, we'll learn it. I like it, and I think it goes with the message. Do you know the hymn? Which one is? I heard the voice of Jesus say. Do you know the hymn? Okay, I hope uh, we will. Uh... Oh, okay. You are not. It is 465, M465.